The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. The Cincinnati Reds are a disgrace, and we have a lot of guys on the move to talk about. Hope you join us today on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, brought to you by WinBet. Claire Link here with Rotowire's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. James, uh, a 180 from last week. We got baseball and we got moves. So, uh, you know, I was pretty bitter earlier this week about the Reds, and I still kind of am. But then we lost the bad guy, Razor Ramon. Uh, you probably saw, and that kind of just puts things in perspective. Yeah, I'm. Mad that my team is cheap, but uh, yeah, it's not so such a big deal in the grand scheme of things. You should just uh, do what I do and mostly root for your fantasy teams. Yeah, I think that I was also considering a move to the Twins fandom. I don't think I can jump on the the Brewers just because I don't know. I feel like inner division would be kind of gross to do that. But I uh, yeah, my my fandom's dwindling for the Reds. I'll probably still stick by them because I'm a sucker and I've liked them my whole life. But uh, they have made many moves and they they pulled off another one right before we came on the show. Did you see that, Mike Miner? They acquired for Amir Garrett. Pretty exciting stuff. Um, yeah, that that uh, didn't really register for me. But getting rid of Winker, I kind of wonder if Winker with him like rushing himself back from that injury last year if i don't know i feel like there may be that, that relationship kind of soured down the stretch but uh, there's maybe something weird there going on with, with that injury but how do you think they did uh we'll start with the suarez and winker trade how do you think they did getting brandon williamson jake fraley and justin dunn uh, hit me with it uh i think that they did okay uh it's it's definitely been a it's been a uh, buyer's market so far this off season, so I don't think I don't think any of these teams cleaned up with any of their moves. That the teams that are just being cheap and, and trading all their good players, but uh, you know, I love love Williamson. Uh, like him a little less now that he's a red um, for fantasy, but uh, you know, maybe that helps him get to the majors quicker. Uh, we talked about him. Plenty on the show. Uh, I talked about him with Jeff Ponce when, when he was on as well. Uh, I would definitely recommend going back and listening on that if, if you didn't catch that episode. But uh, he's he's an ascendant pitching prospect with a full pitch mix, good size, uh, really looks the part, uh, good command. Uh, you know, not, not a ton to really nitpick with him. And uh, he was really solid at double A last year. Hasn't pitched a triple A yet, but, uh, you know, I think given the way that they're clearing out space, um, I would expect him to debut maybe in uh, June or July if he, if he stays healthy, uh, with Jake Fraley, uh, you know, Fraley is a guy that I've liked for a while. Uh, the biggest knock on him for me is just that he has really had a hard time staying healthy. 
And I think a lot of the injuries and missed time have kind of added up and uh, prevented him from really kind of developing into the uh, best version of himself. But he has still shown flashes as recently as last season of being a potential leadoff hitter, uh, especially against right-handed pitching. I mean, I think he's he's a good athlete. He can play uh, multiple spots in the outfield. Certainly a nice park upgrade for Fraley. So, you know, one of the big things to focus on, we're going to talk about Oakland's halls and their trades as well, but a lot of Reds and A's position players who were not all that fantasy relevant 48 hours ago are now relevant, especially in draft and hold leagues and AL-only leagues, deep mixed leagues. You know, if Fraley is leading off, and playing every day in in Cincinnati, then all of a sudden he is someone to to certainly keep in mind, uh, even in 15-team mixed leagues because of his speed. He's got a chance to be a double-digit steal guy, double-digit homer guy. Again, the big issue with him is is staying healthy. Uh, yeah, he's he's kind of had a similar run as a major leaguer as Nick Senzel, where just being available has been his biggest weakness. Uh, Justin Dunn, not a guy that I've really ever been that high on and certainly a park downgrade for him, maybe a better chance of sticking as a starting pitcher, but, uh, I could also see him being a closer long-term if things don't work out for him in the rotation. There's a silver lining here with this teardown. It's, it'll be the land of opportunity in Cincinnati. So, yeah, a guy like Jake Fraley, who was kind of, you know, with Seattle kind of entering their competitive window, kind of looked like he'd be phased out or put on the back burners. But in Cincinnati, he can show what he can do. And Brandon Williamson, I feel like we just talked about him on the show recently, but you know, you never, never love a pitching prospect going to Cincinnati. It's not quite Coors, but. Did something, hey man, did something happen with your audio? Can you not hear me? It just got really low. Um, I did uh, change the, an audio setting here. Let me change it back, I guess. Sound a little better now? Yeah. Huh. Well, sorry for that. Um, yeah, having a, a few audio issues in the office recently. Trying to run things through the soundboard, but I guess we'll use the internal mic for now. Uh, I guess I don't need this microphone near my face. What about Chase Petty, James? The guy they got back for Sonny Gray. I've heard good things, but a long ways away, right? And kind of, uh, I mean, maybe a lot of upside, but is he much more than a lottery ticket, Chase Petty? No, that that was probably the most overwhelming of the uh, of the trade returns for a notable player. I mean, I know, I know it's, it's hard to second guess teams just on every trade return, but I do, I just, that's not what I would have been looking for for Sonny Gray. I don't know what was out there, but when you're talking about prep righty who, you know, it's every, every prep righty is going to be risky, but, Petty has stuff that goes beyond just the fact that he was a prep righty. I mean, he uh, there's there's reliever risk there. Uh, he throws really, really, really hard, too hard, I would say, for a, a guy his age. Um, just when you're trying to predict pitcher injuries, he's just absolutely pushing it in terms of the risk uh, quota there. So not a not a guy that I really expect much from. I thought that was a bad pick by the twins when they made it. Um, you know, I think that he is just the type of guy that I think a lot of smart teams just shy away from and in the draft. And so, yeah, he throws really hard, but I would just not expect that to amount to anything really. Man, this is uh, a depressing report from you as far as the Reds hall goes their respective halls with trades with uh, Seattle and Minnesota. And I do think, you know, Gray's been – he's dealt with some injury issues, but I thought that was a good gift for Minnesota, especially because he has a, an option for 2023. Let's talk about the trade that went down this morning for uh, Matt Chapman going to 
Toronto Blue Jays. What a big park upgrade that is for him. And then going out to Oakland, Gunnar Hogland, Kevin Smith, Zach Loge. Is that how you pronounce that? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, log load. I I don't know. L O G U E. <laughs> Something like that. But yeah, what do you think of that? All for Chapman. Great defender, iffy bat, but a heck of a player because of those defensive contributions. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's it's a super fascinating acquisition by Toronto, um, specifically how much it's going to help their pitching staff. Uh, there was a, a pretty interesting um, tweet uh, that I saw from, uh, I want to make sure I get the credit to Ben, Ben Palmer from pitcher list had a, had a good uh, thread of images from baseball savant that showed where the blue Jays starters uh, allow the most ground balls. And, uh, you know, obviously most starters are going to allow more ground balls to the left side of the infield than the right side of the infield. But uh, Jinder, you, you say Kikuchi and Alec Manoa really, really generate a ton of ground balls on the left side and in the, the third base area. And Matt Chapman is just an absolute all-world defender. So I'd give all those Blue Jays starters a bump after this trade. Uh, as for the haul that the A's got, uh, I thought it was it was about right. Um, again, it's it's a it's a buyer's market right now. Uh, teams are clutching on to their top prospects, so I don't think we saw a single uh, the the only top one hundred prospect to get moved in any of these trades was Brandon Williamson. Um, Gunnar Hogland, not a top one hundred prospect, uh, but he might have been a top 100 prospect if he hadn't needed Tommy John surgery uh, his last year in college. And that's why he slid to the Blue Jays where he did in in the late first round. Um, I think he had Tommy John surgery in May. So I would expect Hogland to be back and pitching in games in July or August, maybe. Uh, They're probably going to ease him along. You know, maybe he just heads to a – complex league affiliate um but he's he's got a pretty high ceiling i mean some, sometimes we see these guys come back from tommy john and all of a sudden they're just rocking up the rankings so uh that'll be exciting to sort of see what he does once he gets healthy assuming he makes it all the way back uh kevin smith kind of the infield version of jake fraley where he just wasn't all that interesting um prior to this trade and not a prospect that I was really all that high on at all, just given how old he was and how bad the pitching at AAA was last year. It was tough to really take his production there seriously. But now that he's with the A's, I definitely expect him to get a decent amount of playing time and a chance for everyday playing time. Like if he can keep his head above water, I could see him pushing over 400 plate plate appearances pretty easily. And you know, he might already be better than Elvis Andrews, which isn't a high bar to clear right now, but uh, just makes him relevant, especially in deeper leagues. Like, I, I don't think you're going to get a good batting average. Maybe it's like 230, but he could get you double-digit homers, double-digit steals. I would, I would assume the A's will be letting all their players run as much as they want this year. Um, and then Zach Logue, uh, he goes from – very uninteresting to slightly interesting here. Uh, he's basically bigly ready, uh, lefty with a with a good changeup. Had a lot of success at AAA last year. Projects as more of like a number five starter, swingman type, but he could challenge for a spot in that rotation. I mean, that they don't have a ton of established starters there, and I would expect Frankie Montas and and Sean Manaya to be on the move as well. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could you could see this just really increasing the fantasy value of Smith and Logue because they go from one of the best teams in the game to one of the worst teams, and that should give them an opportunity to sort of show what they have. And then uh, Kirby Sneed, I mean, he's not really a prospect. He's a reliever, but as I think we've talked about either on this podcast or on the radio show, 
Uh, Oakland's bullpen depth is really embarrassing and uh, it wouldn't take, it wouldn't take a lot for Snead to pitch his way into high leverage work in that bullpen. So, um, you know, I think this just, it takes three guys from really kind of off of my redraft radar to at least players that I'll be following along to, to how they perform in spring training. And as somebody who has a lot of Alec Manoa, I'm sure you're very happy about this Chapman move. Do you see uh, Do you see yourself going back to the well with Kikuchi now that he's in this situation? I feel like we yes. drafted him in every league we, we did last year. Yeah, I mean, I, Kikuchi's stock has really been bolstered by him not only signing with Toronto, but getting Chapman added to that defense. I think the question now is just where is Kikuchi's ADP going to settle? Because, you know, if you ended up with Kikuchi in the mid 300s in early drafts, that's looking like a big time value. I think he would take a lap around the neighborhood right now. Yeah. I mean, he might be be going in the mid 200s now. His ADP could legitimately climb like 100 spots. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would take him there. Uh, you know, like Kikuchi versus Eric Lauer uh, is is close for me. So mm-hmm. I might not uh, – I could see myself being in some drafts and having Kikuchi in the queue, and he goes a little ahead of where I was expecting, and I was just kind of like, all right, well, on to the next guy. But mm-hmm. um, I just – I think it's a, it's a great landing spot for him, and obviously – Feeling good about those Manoa shares. Don't want to, don't want to get too high uh, on that though, because there's there's a lot of spring training left, and it seems like every four hours some pitcher who is healthy is no longer healthy. So, got to be careful. Well, not just pitchers too. I mean, the Tatis news is pretty huge, shaking up the first round of drafts. Underwent surgery today. I bumped him way down. So Jeff had him like in the fifties. Do we know how long this recovery is going to be for Tatis Jr.? Uh, I think like three months. Oh, God. So, yeah, I had him like 150, but even that, probably have to help him a lot. Yeah, out three months. Yikes. That's a tough break for the pods um, and for dynasty managers who have uh, Tatis. But back to Oakland, they're the second of their – Big three with the trades was uh, trading Matt Olson. Uh, I guess it was the the second in the in chronological order because they traded Bassett first, and I think Olson then Chapman, and they get Shade Langoliers, Christian Pache, Ryan Cusick, Joey Estes. I hear Estes has kind of been a riser, but uh, what do you think of this haul for Matt Olson? Uh, this one was. You know, this is the best package, probably. Um, best real-life package, I should say. I mean, all four of these prospects are more valuable in real life than they are in Dynasty for various reasons. Uh, we talk about it all the time with catching prospects. You know, unless you're a – I mean, even like even Adley Rutschman's more valuable in real life than he is in fantasy, but – you know, every catching prospect who is average or better defensively is going to be prized much more highly by big league teams than he is in dynasty. And uh, we just, we've seen the prospect kind of analysis industry shift so far towards fantasy and dynasty analysis that I think a lot of people just view these guys based on where they rank on fantasy and dynasty lists. Uh, Langoliers and Pache uh, play the two most coveted positions, probably. Like, you know, in I think a lot of teams value catcher the most, then it's center field, shortstop, take your pick. But teams really, really care about catcher, shortstop, and center field defense. Langoliers is probably an above average catcher defensively. Pache might be an 80-grade defender in center. And so those are just massive tools that don't really count for much in fantasy, but they count a ton uh, to a big league team. And, you know, 
Pache is not someone who I believe in as a hitter. And I didn't expect him to ever get a chance to really develop as a hitter on a team as good as Atlanta. But now that he's with Oakland, he's probably going to get, I don't know, 800 plate appearances to just kind of struggle until they try something else. Like it's going to be kind of a Victor Robles length leash in terms of just getting a chance to, to develop into a solid hitter because of how good he is defensively. So he might not be that helpful this year. He'll be allowed to run more with Oakland, though, than he would have with any other team. So it's another guy. Like, you know, if you're looking for cheap speed, I I don't think it's going to come with a good average at all. Like, I think he probably hits 220 uh, or worse. But, you know, it could come with double-digit steals, double-digit homers, a lot of playing time. Uh, Ryan Cusick is a guy with a ton of bullpen risk, but big-time strikeout stuff. I would expect them to keep him on a starting pitching track now for uh, the foreseeable future, though. Um, so, you know, the A's have added a ton of pitching in these these three trades, and Cusick is probably a year and a half to two years away from the majors, but, you know, strikeout rate over 50% at low A last year in a, in a small sample, so he's uh, got some upside. And then Estes... Yeah, like I, I think Estes, just if we're looking at the skills and the trajectory, I might be most excited by him, but he's a pitching prospect who's three years away from the majors. So he's obviously not all that desirable in Dynasty just based on that. I like him as a young pitcher, but I just, you know, any pitcher who's that far away from the majors, so much can go wrong. But if we're just talking, if you're like an Oakland A's fan, I wouldn't recommend watching this team very much this year uh but you at least can take solace in knowing that you got four real prospects back for Olsen and then Atlanta wrapping him up long-term eight-year deal for Matt Olsen so a long-term uh replacement for Freddie Freeman we'll see where he ends up we got to uh take care of a little bit of business and we'll talk about the, the two guys involved in the Bassett deal and touch on a lot of quick hitters. Uh, yeah, let's first take care of that piece of business. We'll be back after these messages. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now we are back on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, brought to you by the kind folks at WinBet. And uh, yeah, Bassett to the Mets. And they get JT Ginn, Adam Oler. Don't know much about either of these two. Any reason to be excited or not so much? I mean, Ginn's, Ginn's good. Uh, top borderline, top 175 prospect. Um, Another guy that had Tommy John surgery and slipped in the draft because of that, but he's a year ahead of uh, Gunnar Hogland in terms of his recovery. He did return to game action last year. So healthy, um, big time uh, sinker slider combo. He's going to generate a ton of ground balls. Uh, I think there's room for him to continue to improve, um, but probably Probably don't see him till 2023 at the earliest, uh, despite the fact that he turns 23 in May. Um, so that's that's a good get. Uh, Adam Oler, kind of like Zach Logue, where not really a fantasy-relevant prospect prior to this trade, and he's probably not going to amount to much. But just like Logue, he's basically big league ready. Uh, he's 27 years old. He's on the 40-man roster. He made eight starts at AAA last year, had decent results, even though they don't seem that sustainable. Uh, probably more of a long reliever long-term, but, you know, Oler and Logue probably combined for double-digit starts in the majors this year. They will probably be more relevant as just guys that you want to be streaming hitters against, but Innings are innings in some leagues, and I think that they, these guys will, will get a shot to show what they have. Well, good stuff, James. Appreciate your insights onto the into the players' moved so far since the lockout was lifted. Let's touch on a variety of kind of random topics here. You uh, put together a list of uh, some good topics here that we could touch on, including the, the new CBA and how it affects service time manipulation, if at all. Could you clue us into how that's changed, if it really has? Yeah, kind of. We, we were able to touch on this on Farm Friday on the XM show um, right after the, the lockout ended, but just wanted to touch on it quickly here. Uh, it, it seems like it's going to, you know, the results will change, but the process I think will largely stay the same because uh, teams only, like the, the player only benefits um, if the player really kind of lives up to expectations and finishes top two in the rookie of the year voting. Uh, and the team, like the odds of any player, no matter how good they are finishing top two in the, or in the uh, rookie of the year voting, not, not all that high. Like even on a guy like Chris Bryant or Ronald Acuna, you know, an injury knocks them out a rough couple of months might knock them out of the rookie of the year conversation. So I'd, you might see some teams use it as a reason to, to start a guy in the majors, but I think in the vast majority of cases, it, it probably won't change the behavior by teams a ton. So um, I think we are going to see some top prospects break camp on opening day rosters. Like I, I think it's in play for Bobby Witt, Riley Greens, Patrick Tolkelson. Um I just don't, think it's necessarily in play because of these changes in the CBA. Maybe 20% of the reason might be because of these changes, which is better than nothing. But um, I think these teams 
are going to do that more so just because they, they want to do right by the players and the Tigers in the Tigers case, they uh, want to try to win as many games as possible this year, which is not something to scoff at, even if they might be a little off base there. Um, it's just, it'd be great to see as many guys break camp on their big league rosters as possible. Uh, when we're talking about these top prospects, I just don't, I don't think the CBA did a, did a ton to really address that, that issue. Yeah, it seemed like there was so much to address this year with the CBA that that kind of, while it is a really important issue, just kind of had to take a back seat in order for them to address the other issues and get a job, a deal done. I want to see how those two big Reds arms, too, if they're in the mix for opening day, Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. So Dave Bell said he thinks Hunter Green's ready. So, um, you know, if they at least start with those two guys, that would ease the pain. I, ever so slightly from the last few days. Uh, one guy who will not be, well, almost certainly will not be beginning on the opening day roster, but not because of you know, service time rules, but due to a tricep strain, Adley Rutschman shut down pretty much doing away with any shot he had to, to be with Baltimore on opening day. Yeah, this one, this one really matters for his redraft value. I, I think that they are BSing with this two to three week timetable, like I, I don't really buy that at all, just given the nature of the injury, a right tricep strain for a catcher. Like he might not play in any games um, during big league spring training. Uh, if that happens, he will almost certainly have to go on some sort of a rehab assignment, right? To basically have his spring training in the minors. So he might not play in big league games until sometime in May. And I think you really got to consider that as a, like I would say the odds are he doesn't make his big league debut till May. So I think you got to factor that in with Rutschman, even with this two to three week timetable the team is giving. I just, I think you really got to be aware of the fact that you might be without him for six weeks even. Uh, so I just he's he's basically off my board. I know that the public will not downgrade him that much, so he's he's just not gonna slip to an area where I would be comfortable taking him. Yeah, I think you're right. I think actually I'm gonna bump him off my top 300 entirely right now because I'm with you. I just you know in like uh, the online championship, I can couldn't see taking that taking that chance on the guy who's hurt. I don't know when he's gonna be up. So yeah, he's. It's going to be outside my top 300 for the time being. Uh, Adley Rutschman, that is too bad. Again, tricep strain shut down for the Orioles' top prospect. And then we're talking about the moves, or at least the Sonny Gray move. The Twins have been pretty active uh, aside from that trade. And they, they're clearing space, uh, not just for Jose Miranda, but that's one of the, the benefits of it. Looks like he's now got an opportunity to play. Yeah, that's – that's exactly what uh, part of the motivation here, I think, was. I mean, I don't think you're seeing a Twins team that's trying to tank. They're just trying to sort of reallocate resources. Uh, they had Josh Donaldson fully healthy. Who knows how much longer that was going to last. So they get off of his contract uh, and they free up um, – they at least get one piece out of the way for Jose Miranda. They add Gio Urshela into the mix, but, you know, Gio, Gio Urshela is not going to stand in Jose Miranda's way the same way that Josh Donaldson might have. Mm-hmm. And I just – there's just so many moving pieces on this depth chart. It's, it's really tricky to kind of figure out who's going to be in a platoon, who's going to be in a bench role, who's going to – play every day uh you know i think byron buxton's going to play every day when he's healthy jorge blanco is going to play every day when he's healthy that might be the end of the list like i i think alex kirloff will play every day but i don't know that to be a fact uh luisa rise and kepler will certainly play in righties i'm not even sold that gary sanchez plays more than ryan jeffers um, I know that the Twins are saying that they are going to play him at DH and stuff, and they're all excited. Uh, but 
the Twins don't have – like the Yankees had like a decade invested into developing Gary Sanchez and trying to make Gary Sanchez the best player they possibly could. The Twins traded for him, but they're, they have no real loyalty to Gary Sanchez, and he's played bad enough many, at many, for many stretches of recent seasons where he could fall out of favor there in a hurry, and he's, he's not a good defender. Ryan Jeffers is a good defender. Uh, I just like I, I think I would take Jeffers over Gary Sanchez as my second catcher if forced with, to make that decision. I mean, Sanchez isn't on my board at all, but um, if he were on my board, he would be behind Ryan Jeffers. And you know, how much does Trevor Larnick play uh, to start the year? Does he even break camp on the big league roster? Um, you know, I, it's it's going to be very interesting to see. But if you ended up with Jose Miranda in a in a draft, I think you should feel better about that now, just because, like, I could see him being their opening day third baseman. Um, that I think that that's in play in a way that it wasn't in play before the Donaldson or the Donaldson trade. Nice, yeah, I, I hear you, man. I. Uh... You know, the Twins, uh, this retool they're doing, I kind of think is pretty interesting. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you on Gary Sanchez. I, I think it kind of boils down to draft philosophy. Like, we just don't want that guy killing killing the good work we've done building up our batting average base. And, I don't – yeah, I don't like – you know, people talk about um, doing the – like the Nick Madrigal, Joey Gallo pairing, because then you're you're getting the Joey Gallo homers and you're helping your batting average with Nick Madrigal and stuff. Like, I, yeah, they, they just total don't... like two really good players. No, no it doesn't work yeah. like that. Just how about just really make us keep a strength of strength with your batting average? Don't mess around with it. And you know, Gary, what if Gary Sanchez is hitting 185 in June? Like do you just drop them and then you've just taken that massive hurt in your batting average for a player you dropped in June? Like, and then your replacement that you pick off the wire is probably going to hit 200 as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then Gary Sanchez might have a month where he hits 240 and you dropped him. And like, it's just, it's just not something that's fun at all. Uh, messing around with that type of thing, a catcher. I'd, I'd much rather just, just give me Yadier Molina and his super boring stats. And I'll know that I at least have a shot in, in batting average. Yeah. Carson Kelly. Yeah. I, that idea that, yeah, I'm going to pair like Madrigal and Gallo. It just never works like that. So um, yeah, don't, don't negate all the good work you've done earlier in your draft, building up batting average base uh, because that category is so hard to make up ground in so hard to find plus contributors. So uh yeah, protect that, protect that category with your life. Uh, before we move on, James, I've got to take care of a little bit more business here. Hope you'll bear with us, and we'll uh, touch on a few more prospects. Also, to give you information on the beat James Anderson, the beat Clay Link, Little Wire Online Championship Leagues. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round-robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in nine states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today, make a qualifying deposit, and wager to receive 200 bucks in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. Also, experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on a Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you can claim your free RotoWire sub. 
Visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Deposit a minimum of 10 bucks and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Then play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Finally, do you think your betting skills are good enough to win you tickets to the Final Four? It's time to put your money where your mouth is. Better Edge is giving you a trip, uh, giving away a trip for two to the Final Four in New Orleans. All you have to do is join their contest at betteredge.com slash Final Four. Better Edge believes sports betting with no fees should be the norm. And odds are it's legal in your state. Check it out and enter their March Madness contest for a chance to win a trip to the Final Four. Head on over to betteredge.com slash Final Four. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com slash Final Four. Terms and conditions apply. So, James, we talked about Adley Rutschman. Bad news for him, but uh, the the Baltimore Orioles seem to be moving or at least open to the the idea of moving D.L. Hall aggressively. So that must mean that they think he's close to ready. What do you take away from that news that he can move quickly D.L. Hall? I would – well, with any – prospect i would just just be careful um with this type of language it gets thrown around by managers even general managers uh you know you're going to be pumped they're going to always pump up their players and you're never going to hear a manager publicly say oh man this guy like Hunter Green, he probably needs another couple months at least. Or Dio Hall, man, I, I don't really see him factoring in this year, right? Like you're, you're not going to see a manager say that. Uh, with Dio Hall, we already knew like he was going to be fast tracked. Like he, he's just he's his arm is kind of a ticking time bomb from a health standpoint. That you just you got to get those bullets going in the big leagues this year. Uh, maybe. Maybe he's not up until Adley's healthy. Uh, they've been kind of moving Hall and Adley and Grayson Rodriguez sort of on a, a similar um, timeline, uh, having him throw or catch those guys as much as possible. But um, just because Hall probably debuts in the first half doesn't mean that you should be like, oh, I got to get this guy on my team. We got to look under the hood a little bit and, and figure out like how we think he's going to pitch in the majors, what type of role he's going to be in. Uh, the command has just been a major issue for him at every stop. Uh, his stuff is absolutely electric, so that's great. Uh, but I just think he's he's the type of pitching prospect where he will show some amazing flashes as a rookie. Uh, he'll appear on Pitching Ninja and, and that type of stuff. But I just don't think he'll be reliable at all on a start-to-start basis. Early on, uh, you know, there'll be like a 12K game against a good team and then a game where he doesn't make it out of the second inning against a bad team following that. And uh, that's assuming that he's even deployed as a starting pitcher as a rookie. Like they they might break him in out of the bullpen. Uh, Could definitely see them doing that. Uh, We've seen other teams with pitchers with better command break guys in out of the bullpen and have success doing that. So a lot of this is just going to be propaganda on these top prospects. And, you know, maybe we're even seeing that with guys like the the guys on the Tigers and Bobby Witt, who I alluded to earlier, like none of these guys are are sure things to be up on opening day. Uh, But you got to kind of look at the the team context. How ready is the player going to be? Um, you got to kind of factor that all in and really weigh all that stuff more heavily than you weigh anything you're hearing from managers during spring training. Yeah, I think that's well put. You're going to hear a lot of noise in spring training. You got to kind of filter it out. I think that's uh, wise words that you, uh, you gave there. I, I'm wondering, I assume DL Hall went in AL labor. Do you remember? In the reserves, or uh, I'd have to look, but I think he did. Hmm. I think he did. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's about where I put him. Like, it's it's a long shot. And you're right. Like, you don't know his role, and you got to keep expectations extremely modest with a young arm like that, especially one in that division. 
going to be uh, tough for him to navigate. Uh, Sixto Sanchez, we know he's continued to trend downward. I, apparently, it's not a new injury, or at least you know, there was that Craig Mish report, then there were some follow-ups. Apparently, not a new injury, but uh, Sixto's health is still very much uh, up in the air. Yeah, if you uh, if you accidentally fall into auto pick in a in a slow draft, it'll either be Josh Young or Sixto Sanchez who you get stuck with. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, he should be completely off your board. Um, I would like he's he's outside of my top one hundred prospects. So if you're in like a shallow league where everyone keeps you know a couple prospects something like that uh, even in a league where every team just keeps 10 prospects I don't think he's a no-brainer hold like he the last video we saw of him throwing was maybe the worst video I've ever seen of a pitching prospect throwing just from a health of the arm standpoint and really? he, he certainly didn't want that video getting out like that wasn't a a hype job or anything that was just someone found that video and released it and it looked like his arm was barely attached to his body and now he's shut down from throwing like he i would say he pitches fewer than 30 innings in the majors this year he might not pitch affiliated baseball at all this year uh, so just if you're holding on to Sixto sanchez it better be a deep league and you better be well aware of the fact that you might get absolutely nothing from him yeah, do not time out. And if you do, you know, just have a cue set in case you do. Like you, you really shouldn't ever, but uh, at least have some players in your queue in case it does happen so you're not stuck with Sixto Sanchez or Josh Young. Emerson Hancock also hurts. He's dealing with a minor lat strain. Uh, about three weeks ago he sustained it. He's been shut down since. So um, tough break for him. How much are you downgrading him? If at all. Yeah, I mean, there's no such thing as a minor lat strain for a pitcher. Uh, and yeah, he was hurt. Point. He was hurt at the end of last year. Uh, he was shut down in September. Uh, he dealt with shoulder issues prior to that and then was shut down later. And now he's dealing with another uh, injury. And his stuff had been trending down, too. Like, he he probably peaked his sophomore year in college and hasn't been that same pitcher since then. And uh, I'm, <laughs> I, gosh, I, there was a, uh, you, you see all kinds of just ridiculous rumor scuttlebutt on prospects this time of year. And there was one just absurd one that I saw on like pirates Twitter a month ago or something where, they were shopping Brian Reynolds to the Mariners and were asking for Emerson Hancock. Like, <laughs> like the, the Mariners couldn't get much of anything for Emerson Hancock right now, I don't think, especially just given the, the trade market. So um, they're just going to hold him and try to get him healthy and try to get him right. But, you know, he's, he's not really on the radar for, for 2022. It's weird what losing – will do to your brain as a, as a fan. But no, I saw some Pirates fans too, and no disrespect to whoever tweeted this, but they're like, you know, if we trade Brian Reynolds, I don't want, you know, uh, Joe Musgrove and Colin Moran and whoever else they got. I want I want four Joe Musgroves. It's like, nope, I'm getting four Joe Musgroves for uh, one Brian Reynolds. James, when is your beat James Anderson League? I know it's coming up. That's this Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, so afternoon draft. Uh, I looked at the forecast. Uh, It was supposedly, yeah, it's saying it's 57 and sunny, uh, supposedly Mm -hmm. in Madison on Sunday. And if that is the case, I will be drafting in my three seasons porch possibly even on my back porch which would be fully outdoors uh just a a classic wisconsinite really treating the 50 degree sunny weather like it's an 80 degree day uh in the spring it does feel amazing today like today's in the 50s too it's 
It feels like it's so, uh, 80. Quite, quite if, you, uh, if you don't have anything going on next Sunday, please hop in there. And, you know, that goes for, I remember one year, Vlad uh, Sedler, I think unknowingly, but uh, he did it nonetheless, hopped in the, the Beat James Anderson online championship, but welcome all comers. Uh, I, I already saw that Phil Dussault hopped in my uh, solo main event in no, Vegas. No. <laughs> so there's. Well, you bring up, you welcome I, the competition. That's. Uh, but you never I'm see the, not, never love to uh, see the robot. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I would prefer to have uh, as weak of a room as possible for all of yeah. my NFPC drafts. Uh, I'll, I'll just. I agree. Uh, there's know, no. Uh, <laughs> You don't find that in the main. Right, yeah. But I mean, I think Phil Phil would also prefer to have as weak of a room as possible. And so I think he, he jumped right into that one. Um, <laughs> no, come on. That's, <laughs> I think he just enjoys the camaraderie. But yeah, that's never something you want to see, the robot jumping in. I have some uh, one other person in my, uh, Kevin Coleman. Not exactly sure who that is, but my online championship is a week from tomorrow, so March 24th at 10 p.m. Eastern, if you want to join. 350 sign-up. I think the overall is, what, hundred north of $100,000 for the OC. So uh, join it if you can. Take a shot at that overall prize and try to take me down. That shouldn't be too tall of a task, quite frankly. Uh, looking forward to that and your uh, trip to Vegas, James, in a few weeks. Good luck. And uh, look forward to your full report coming out of that. And, yeah, we'll be back on Farm Friday. But then no um, Saturday XM show with you and I this week. I will be hosting though the, uh, like, Zoom panel for Tower Wars on Saturday. So if you all want to stop by and, and hang out, I'll be just commenting here and there on, on the selection. So then I'll be taking part in the – towers head-to-head points on uh sunday so that'll be a lot of fun busy couple weeks and hope you'll be with us through opening day and beyond so james thanks a ton anything else i may have already asked you that uh no uh just join the join my league on sunday afternoon and uh it'll be a good time uh we'll have have some some day beers and draft uh, draft some twelve team fantasy baseball squad. Hopefully, you can do that on the porch, man. Hopefully, we stay in the fifties. We don't dip below here in Madison again. Thank you all. Good luck in your drafts the rest of the draft season. Hope you'll join us next week on the RotoWire Prospect Podcast, brought to you by WinBet. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.